So you either A, you've got to charge appropriately for it, or really B, just get out of the business because you're just doing a disservice to the customer. If you're closing 70% all the time, you're probably a little too low on price. These pieces of paper that say I'm qualified for X, Y, and Z, that's not as important to us as somebody who is self-motivated. They're only working there to make money for the families. So would they rather A, have more time with their families, or B, have more time with their coworkers Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown, and this is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. Today, I have Joshua Beal from Texas Home Pro on today. How you doing, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you doing on this far? It's going okay. Uh, if it, there were no problems, I think I'd be. Uh, I think I would be bored. Um, Absolutely. So, we're talking about going. You guys have five million dollars in revenue, or you're going to five million this year without an office, and so that's pretty interesting. And so, Josh, could you give me a little bit of background on Texas Home Pro and kind of how you guys came to be at that size with no office? Yes, sir. You want an origin story? Or you want me to stay mostly no office centric? Maybe just whatever you can do in two minute, two or three minutes, just to give the full picture of where you guys are at now. I got you. My father and I, we come from door-to-door sales, direct sales, construction sales, um, construction period. Moved down here about five years ago, started up the business, mostly predominantly doing door-to-door sales. Just grew the team as, you know, the years went on and we needed more people and more staffing. And, um, you know, we found that, you know, without an office, um, you know, office obviously comes with an expenditure, you know, and especially in Central Texas, it's quite a hefty expenditure on a monthly basis. Um, We found that it's worked out really well. Um, it's very important to have the right people, um, using, utilizing the correct technology. I would say that's the biggest thing. Excuse me. You're not going to have an office where you're going to have people check in every day and you're going to have somebody monitoring their production on a, uh, you know, face to face level. Then it is very, very, very important to utilize technology heavily to make sure folks are doing what you pay them to do. Great point. Great point. So those are some really initial ones. If you're going to have no office things you got to do. Um, another question I've got is where do you do meetings with you and your team? If not at an office, like, yeah. Yeah. So we have um, relationships with uh, local restaurants um, and it just depends on what everybody wants to do for that month. You know, sometimes we'll go to a Mexican restaurant, rent out a party room. We'll have, you know, 30 guys come. Um, pay for everybody's food, a $500, you know, restaurant bills far cheaper than a $8,000, $5,000 a month, uh, rent payment on a property, on an office space. Right. So we'll take them out about once a month and have a little, um, get together and, uh, but it's mostly about team building. We don't really hit them hard on, you know, Hey, do this better, do that better, blah, blah, blah. We mostly, um, just you know, everybody gets around, eats a good food and talks. Spend about half an hour talking business. Um, we spend about an hour and a half just hanging out, you know, and uh, getting I did, I did say that I was going to ask the hard questions a little bit here too. So I'm used to kind of like coaching my team a little bit and like a little bit more like, you know, because I mean, good the goods and bads, right? There's good things about being able to be right there looking over somebody's shoulder and there's bad things, right? Like maybe we don't want to even hire people that we have to micromanage that much. But like, my question is around like that direct coaching 
level do you have that anywhere like do you do ever do ride-alongs what do you do to kind of like coach or like um grow those people if there is or do you not feel like that's necessary no absolutely training is um as long as you have a proper interview uh process in place and you bring somebody onto the team and they fail that's a failure on the manager that's a failure on the owner owner um, usually more often than not. So training, I think, is extremely important. So like, let's say, you know, sales. We hire a sales guy to come in, um, mostly just run appointments. Um, they'll do ride along for like two weeks, you know, and they'll ride along and, uh, you know, they'll learn the business. You know, if we're hiring a foreman, they'll ride along for two weeks um, with the project manager. You know, and uh, they'll also ride along with the form with, with another foreman. You know, it just depends on what the position is. You know, like our receptionist or like a office manager. You know, we do utilize technology again. I mean, everything is possible nowadays with computers. You know, we can screen share. We can like I can teach people how to use Job Nimbus off screen sharing. Yeah. You know, on a Zoom call. You know, so um, utilizing technology just depends. The amount of training and the time and the setting is all dependent on the position. Totally. And I, another tough question for you. Does mm -hmm. culture suffer at all from no office? Define culture. Yeah, I guess that's a good question. I honestly, I don't even know what culture is without an office because we have an office. And so a lot of, when I think of culture, I think about the little like in between times, you know, like there's a half an hour in the morning where people are a little chit chatty or whatever. Right. And, and it's a good thing. And it's also a bad thing, right? Cause it's less productivity. Correct. So there's a trade out there, but there's also like, we kind of know a little bit more about each other's lives. And then like, sometimes honestly, dude, I work a lot. And so right. it's almost like built in friends. If I'm real with you, like, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Sometimes, like, I think of the remote work thing is sometimes it feels like you don't get that, like, community aspect of what work can be sometimes. So in, you know, the construction industry, I don't feel and we've had, you know, decent level of success with it, that the community feeling is really necessary to have a successful business. Um at the end of the day, everybody works at Texas Home Pro, everybody works uh, for you at Hook. Um, they're only working there to make money for the families. So would they rather, A, have more time with their families or in an or B, have more time with their coworkers in an office environment? You know, so, I mean, it's kind of, that's why I asked you to define it. You know, a, a culture, culture of success, I think we've succeeded with that. You know, I mean... We're booked out months or, you know, revenues up big time, net profits up, customer satisfaction's way up, you know, so that's why, you know, define cultures, culture success. Absolutely. There's no problem having culture success um, without having a physical office. Now, a culture of community or friendship or whatever, that probably does lack. But once again, we utilize technology heavily. So everybody gets issued an iPhone. We're all on group chats together. I have four computer screens in front of me. One of them is the group, uh, all the different chats from iMessage. I mean, they've got six unread messages right now. People post, you know, stuff in there all the time. Like, this is the car I'm working on on my Saturday. I'm at the beach on a Monday or Sunday or whatever, you know. Um, 
and some of these guys hang out quite a bit outside of work, and they met each other through work. So, I mean, I still think they bring they build friendships, but I think they may be more tight knit friendships because in an office environment, when you're forcing twenty people to come together, there's friendly conversations, you know. But I wouldn't really say per se friendships on mass, you know. Good and bads to both. Uh... Yeah, for sure. Here, right? So, um, all right. Talk to me about hiring and filtering people well remote and well, um, you know, without an office. So talk to me about, is there anything you have to do differently than you would imagine this would be done if you guys had an office, like having people into the office and as you, as you hire, you know, is it through Zoom? No, we always meet the people in person. So yeah. it depends on, you know, obviously administrative or production, right? Production yeah. staff, we meet out one of the job sites. We run to 8 to 11 a day, you know, and um, meet them out one of the job sites. And that's a good, in my opinion, great place to meet folks at um, for that role. Because you can kind of see, ask them a few questions as you're walking along and you can kind of get a feel, you know, um, on who they are and what they know. Um, they can write whatever they want on a piece of paper and submit it as a resume, but meeting them at a job site, we found really high success with hiring good guys. Um, yeah. now administratively, you know, we'll meet them out in public, you know, um, we'll meet them at a restaurant, we'll meet them at a job site, um, things of that nature and just have, you know, kind of a casual conversation. The culture, I, w- I wouldn't say the culture, the way we run the business is, it's all about responsibility and mm-hmm. self-discipline. So mm-hmm. um, you're expected to do your job. It's clearly laid out in writing. You sign off on it. You agree to this compensation. There's goals that have to be met on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis. If you don't hit those goals, you get written up. You get written up three times and you're out of here. We don't have a lot of problems because I think the clarity is there. If I don't like the social media post that my social media person puts up for me, you know, I just send a text message. I don't like that. Change this. Boom. It's done in 20 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. if I don't like the way a job is being handled. I send out a text message or an email or tag them on Job Nimbus. Hey, instead of doing it this way, do it that way. Boom. You know, results. So, um, you know, it just, uh, you got to find people that are like when we're looking for like administrative wise, we're not looking particularly for like people who were in an office environment. You know, mm-hmm. we we kind of look for more people that are self-driven. So, like, if somebody says, oh, yeah, I went to college to be, you know, a dental assistant or whatever, right? And, uh, but then I didn't like that, so then I started selling cars. To me, that sounds great. Like, you thought mm-hmm. one thing was going to be your life's path. Instead, you want to start selling cars, and you like selling cars, you know? Mm-hmm. They're go-getter, you know? Uh you know, they're willing to kind of move and shake a little bit, which is what's required, especially like doing what we do. We do everything. We do bathrooms, kitchens. We do whole home remodels, home additions, concrete. I mean, we literally, there's nothing we don't do to a house. Mm -hmm. Um, And so being able to be willing to learn new things, willing to move and shake a little bit and uh, is important to us more so than like more typical educational, like, oh, well, you have these were these things, you know, these pieces of paper that say I'm qualified for X, Y, and Z, that's not as important to us as somebody who is 
self-motivated, somebody who is willing Absolutely. to move and shake, you know, make decisions. Same, same here, brother. Um, now let me ask you a little bit about this. So you do all the things around the home. So talk to me about the different, cause a lot of the people on this podcast are roofers, strictly roofing or roofing, siding, solar or whatever. So curious from your perspective, the two sides of that, like how does, why would you recommend what you're doing, which is more, more types of projects. And then for the, a lot of our roofer uh, audience, why do you, do you understand why they're so focused on just roofing or are you, are you like always like a little bit like, why don't you do more? <laughs> is your lead flow down? Whether you're a company owner, office staff, salesperson, or installer, you're a roofing rock star. We help you get more leads with custom SEO, Google ads, and a pro website. No, I mean, I think that people should, you know, do what they're good at, you know, yeah. um, you know, and also what the market has to bear, you know, what's, what's required. If there's 50 other roofers in your local market, maybe don't get into the roofing business, you yeah. know, um, unless um, you're in Dallas, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're in central Texas, just North of Austin. Um, okay. you know, there's a good amount of roofing companies here. I'm actually friends with a lot of the a lot of the owners and stuff um, relationship building is huge um we initially started as a roofing centric company and um because that's what we did before we've done lots and lots of roofing in my lifetime um but we found that there was a hole here that needed to be filled um mm -hmm. the hole was remodeling there was really no competitors in remodeling that were could do what we could do you know so I, I, it's crazy how much Oh man, it's crazy how much easier leads are to get to in remodeling. It's like, and Absolutely. then if you can parlay that into a roof, I mean, that's beautiful too. But I, I understand why people don't want to do remodeling because I do think that there is a certain amount of like the amount of sensitivity and handholding in the home sometimes can be high. Oh, but yeah. then it's like the leads are so much easier to get because like it's just people want it and there's just not enough remodelers right now to like service right. the need or they become these like super high-end remodelers where they're like it's too expensive for the average person to even afford oh absolutely yeah absolutely there needs to be there's a in at least in my market there's a there was a huge gap there was like basically one super high-end remodeling company um and that was basically it. And then there's a bunch yeah. of chucks in a truck, you know, a bunch of yeah. crackheads out doing remodeling work, you know, you know how that goes. But, yeah. um, you know, the roofing thing is like, you know, we were discussing prior, it, roofing's great, you know, roofing's fine, but insurance companies are getting way stricter. Um, you know, the uh, homeowners, especially in Texas, I mean, they know we're going to get hail every year or two. They're waiting for a hailstorm for the most part. Now we do retail roofing. I'm doing a 56 square retail roof next week. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, we do a little bit of retail. You know, but we don't push it actively because your margins on roofing comparatively to remodeling, it, it's it's it doesn't make any sense. You How know, do you I mean, deal with the like, do you have to have? Sorry, this is like a almost a sensitive question. Um, do you have to have people that speak English? 
doing the interior remodeling work. So Rilla allows you to listen to uh, Tanir. It's an AI in your pocket. Listen yeah. to the appointment. It's pretty crazy what they do. It gives a script, it gives everything they said, it breaks down some statistics for you. Analyze talk ratio, interactivity, like how you and I are interacting back and forth. Uh, long as yeah, modeling, like all honestly, those things. this is the shit that I most believe in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Enhancing the You're about to put math yeah. and data around something that used to be my magic skill. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> So talk yeah. to me about that because obviously the cruise it's just a different vibe with like the cruise the like construction cruise. So how does the, and I mean like obviously I don't want to be insensitive to different cultures and stuff like that. It's just that obviously does add a layer of complexity that it needs to be English speaking people in the home. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. in the home versus on the home. So like remodeling versus yeah. roofing, right? The um. Absolutely. Anyways, yes. So inside the home, it's uh, we only hire clean cut guys. Most of our guys are retired military veterans. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the English has to be your first language. So mm -hmm. I'd always tell the guys, the the technicians, um, the production staffing, you're a grown man. Well, we have some women too, grown man, grown woman, yep. whatever. Um, a stranger that is going into yep. somebody else's home, their safe spot, yep. right? And um, so professionalism, wearing the, you know, company shirts, ID badges, all of our trucks are stickered up. We have like 18, yeah. 19 trucks all stickered up with trailers, you know, because we want to take away, you know, who's that guy. It's not a stranger, you know, as much it's as we tough. possibly it's can. It's tough. It's, a, it's an interesting business, right? We're in people's homes and it's, it's, um, the dude, hey, contractors on average, we've got more, you know, in the industry, we've got more tattoos on average. You know, there's a lot of like, and, and so it's not, it's, it's not inconsequential to say to the, the workers, how do we make these people feel comfortable knowing that we're around their families and like just anybody, it doesn't matter. You could be, you could be uh Joel Olstein you know, the, the, the preacher man and be walking into somebody's house, you're a stranger. You know what I mean? Like there's an element of like, so it's, it's an odd, it's an odd thing. And it's tough because on average, it's not always the, the perfect clean cut people that want to do like contracting work. So that's an interesting, a uh, kind of so you dynamic. You attract what you allow. If you yeah. hire, like there's, you know, there's some other remodeling companies around here that I don't even consider companies. You know, they, uh, you know, they've been here longer than we have, and you know, yeah. whatever, you know. But it's a, it's mostly a bunch of what I call crackheads because that's what they are. You you know? Like I even mean, if you're just smelling like cigarettes going into homes, yeah. like I think that there's a lot of things that unfortunately, you know, it's just easy to make people feel uncomfortable. So that's the tough, that's the, honestly, that's why I like, like, if I'm real with you, that's kind of like why I like roofing sometimes because oh. I like, I like that we don't have to be perfect, um, in that way. And in the sensitive way that sometimes going inside a home <clears throat> requires. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, if you, so let's say you got 10 guys on staff and you know, seven of them are, you know, um, you know, they smell like cigarettes. You know, yeah. they, you know, they're drug addicts actively, you know, well, then you're only going to be able to get 
those kinds of people that apply for the position. Now, I feel for those people. I'm not against those people. Yeah. I'm just saying in my customers' houses, it's not allowed in any way, yeah. shape, or form. They can go in other people's customers' houses. I care less about that. But in my customers' houses, they have to be clean cut, you know, criminal records check, you know, drug tests, all that stuff. Um, it is very hard to find those people when you do. Guess what? you got to pay them good money. You can't yeah. pay them 600 bucks a week. You know, uh, you got to pay them good money. You know, you got to pay them a livable wage. But you get better quality work. You get a happier end customer. So, yes, your costs are higher, but you can also charge more. You know, if you've got a bunch of retired veterans that are clean cut and you post it up on social media, they have a good looking outfit. People like that. You know, they don't yeah. want a bunch of yahoos in their home for sure. Um, How do you stoke referrals at Texas Home Pro? Um, mostly let the work speak for itself. Um, we're blessed to have some really good technicians that really, um, this is their profession. They're true professionals, you know? So, um, but it's all the way, uh, from the, the beginning to the end, you know, I mean, when they book an appointment with us, they get an automated email that says, Hey, you know, welcome to the Texas home pro family goes over all the stuff, you know, when, after they get done with their sales appointment, they get a text message, you know, an automated text message an automated email, you know, when we send the estimate, that's another thing. We don't want to call close ever. Mm-hmm. We only send estimates. We do inspections yeah. and we submit right. estimates yeah. and then we let it go from there, you know, which is different from many other companies. They want to write the estimate, try to close the folks right then and there. We don't do business that way. We used to, but we actually found, a higher level of success not trying to one call close folks because the other three guys they had out to the house were jotting stuff down on a piece of paper shoving it in their face and saying sign right here we're saying hey here's the measurements here's the photos you'll get your estimate in about a week let us know what you want to do and we have a 33.7 percent close rate um that's awesome yeah, so, I, I think um, it's funny. Like I've I've seen people say these outlandishly high close rates, and I like. By the way, I know enough to know thirty three percent is incredible and good job. Um, it is it is interesting when people do those super high ones. I always know one, you're living off of just referrals, like you don't do advertising, and two, either you're pushy or there's something else going on because it's like or it's just storm, only storm all the time. Oh, you know what I mean, like. There's stuff like that where it's like, okay, but tell me more because I want to know. 33 is incredible, especially if you do advertising and you don't just live off of referrals. And also, you know what I know, Josh? You're probably not the lowest person on like price-wise all the time. That's another thing. If you're closing if you're closing 70% all the time, you're probably a little too low on price. That's what these other guys need to understand. If you're closing 70% of the people you meet, you're either A, not meeting enough people, or B, you're not charging near enough money. So you need yeah. to find the threshold of pain for your market because you got to make a living doing this. These mm-hmm. folks, when they hire you to do a bathroom remodel, they expect you to warranty that thing in three years if a shower pan fails. Yeah. You know, um, it is what it is. So you either A, you've got to charge appropriately for it, or really be just get out of the business because you're just doing a disservice to the customer. You're doing a disservice to you and your employees, your company, a company, you know, I mean, and, uh, and a lot of, sense. and a lot of them will go out of business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we're just talking about, you know, folks, sometimes we're talking about one or two guys who are kind of just like off on their own for a little bit and are going to go back somewhere or, you know, 
Yeah. We all want to start a company. It's like not all of us want to run a company past five years. You know what I mean? For sure. And I respect that. I know yeah. some of the highest quality guys that I know in the industry, it's just him and two other guys. And they do yeah. phenomenal work. Um, the, but I'm just saying sometimes you don't charge enough to stay in business long enough to carry any warranties at all, basically. Uh, yes. You yeah, know, I agree with that entirely. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not making fun of one to two person outfits. What I'm saying is charge enough so that you stay in business past five years and you can honor your warranties and your workmanship. hundred percent. I agree entirely. And we see all sorts of folks that are only here for six months and then they go bye-bye, you know, yeah. and you know, it just is what it is. It's tough. You know, it really is tough. Oh yeah, that's yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Um, well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people go to check you guys out if they want to see your website or uh, what you're up to? Yeah, just go into Google, type in hashtag Texas Home Pro into the search bar, click enter, and it'll bring you up to all of our stuff. So we're on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Yelp, Twitter. I mean, we're everywhere. Um, we do all of the marketing, all of it. There's nothing we don't do. We do all of it. Awesome, man. Uh, thank you for joining us. The podcast is put on by hookagency.com, hook agency all over social. I appreciate everyone watching and listening. Like, subscribe, comment, etc. And uh, see you next time. Have a good one.